0: It's good to be back uh, the last few weeks, thank you. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Last few weeks, um, I had a, a cancer removed from my from my mouth, and then I had to put a, some uh, like uh, chemo cream on, and uh, that was not for the faint of heart. It like blistered up and took the top layer of my uh, of my bottom lip off several times and things. So I, if, I I said first service that if they ever figure out a new uh, torture instead of waterboarding, I've got a good suggestion for them. That was not fun, but uh, it's really great to, to just even things that you'd take for granted, like you know like talking and singing and things like that. Wasn't able to do very much for the last. Few a few, uh, few weeks, so it is really good to be uh, to be able to do that again. You know, we sing about uh, grace as uh, as believers. We talk about grace. There's a uh, we throw that name that word around a lot as uh, as believers. But uh, we're going to take a look at three different uh, types of uh, of grace today. And if we really understand these uh, these principles, it's going to have a big effect on our life. We're going to really understand what God's all about and what He's up to in our in our life. And and one of the graces is primarily through the... Uh, the, Christ, the Son, but two of the others. We're in a study on the the Holy Spirit right now, and two of those graces is, is primarily the work of the of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to look at uh, at those. And the first grace is uh, is prevenient grace, and this is. Uh, and I know these are like ten dollars words, but we're going to break them down and make them really easy, okay? The prevenient grace, and what that is is that's the grace that God does in our life that to to make us where we want to become Christians, where we see the need for God in our our life, and I bet every one of us can look back at, at, at our life. For those of us who are, are Christians, we can look back, and we're looking back at people, and maybe it's a, a pastor, or a youth pastor, a, a friend, a family member, a, somebody that, that shared their faith with you and, and shared their testimony with you, and maybe it's events in your life that took place, good or bad or indifferent, that just the Holy Spirit used to, to woo you, to call you into a relationship and realize, wow, I need a Savior. Maybe it was circumstances, maybe some tough circumstances or amazing circumstances that made you. Really Realize, wow! I want God in my life. I need a Savior. I need a, a Lord. Uh, I don't know what it was, but but some some way somehow the Holy Spirit was working in your life. Maybe all those things working together, and through the years, or maybe in a moment, whatever it was. Maybe a book, maybe a sermon, maybe a, going to a, to an event, or a retreat, or something like that. The God was working, and He's He was really the like the uh, the a gardener that was that was making the the seeds first, preparing the the soil. For The seeds and putting the preparing it for that and and fertilizing and watering it before you even came to faith in Jesus Christ and and like one of my friends his name is Jim and Jim one time woke up to his wife screaming she was on her way to the restroom in the middle of the night and she encountered an escaped convict okay now I probably should you know I've probably made that a little more dramatic it was actually their pet gerbil but he escaped. Okay, he escaped, and, and so he wakes up to his wife screaming, which is, you know, that's just not fun to wake up to screaming, because, you know, your adrenaline is running, your eyes are wide awake, everything, you're scared half to death, and, and so here's what he sees, he encounters his, his wife yelling, he encounters this little, you know, this little thing that's more scared, apparently, than his wife, because suddenly there's this thing the size of the, you know, the Statue of Liberty screaming, kill it, kill it, kill it, right? And he decided that, you know, it probably wasn't a good idea to kill the family pet, but he definitely had had to bring the escapee back into you know into behind bars right, and so what he did is he was clever and he thought okay I'm gonna I'm gonna first make it where the the gerbil can't go where I don't want it so he put some things under the bed where it couldn't go under the bed and then he he knew he had to kind of move it around and maneuver it around where he could get a hold of it and so he maneuvered it where it had less places to go and less places to go where he wanted it was in the the restroom because in the in the bathroom. Bathroom, it had tile floor, and first of all, you couldn't go anywhere. It was only one way in and one way out. And with the tile floor, anybody who was taking their pet to the, to the vet realized that they have tile floor there for a reason not just for cleanup's sake, but also for you can't scurry, you can't scamper on, uh, on the tiles, right? So he maneuvered it in there and finally it does go into, the, uh, into the, the bathroom and there it was cornered and he put his hands out like this and he said the little gerbil just climbed into his, his hands. And really, that's a picture, I believe, of what God, the Holy Spirit, does with us before we come to faith in Jesus Christ. In his provenient grace, he just maneuvers us more and more and more where he wants us to to be. And sometimes he puts up barriers, doesn't he, in our life? He's put those up in our life. He's put up what we would appear as obstacles, but really him maneuvering us into a place that he wanted us to be. Sometimes it was through difficulty, wasn't it? There's many of us in here that you came to faith in Jesus Christ because, is you had hit rock bottom. I've heard so many people say, you know, I, I, I had nowhere else to go. I mean, I, it wasn't until I, I had nowhere else to go and I hit the, hit the bottom that I finally looked up like the prodigal son and said, wow, I mean, I've got, there's this God that's I can, gonna do a whole lot better with my life than I'm doing in my life. I remember I cried out to God saying, God, I'm so tired of putting my faith in people that can leave and situations that can change. I wanna put my faith in something that will never leave me or forsake me. Then there's others of us that we've been, we were kind of, uh, led into, to God through, through just conviction of our heart and conviction of our mind. That we realized that, man, uh, heaven's a whole lot better than hell. And forgiveness is a whole lot better than unforgiveness. And purpose in life is a whole lot better than, than lack of purpose. And, and we came to faith in Christ like that. Others of you, you came to faith, we came to faith in Christ by uh, by just some, maybe a miracle, that you saw a miracle in your life for somebody else's, or just God blessed you with so many incredible things, you're going, God, I want to serve this God, the, I just want to jump in your arms, whatever reason, whether God wooed you, whether God, how he pursued you, whatever it was, there was things that the Holy Spirit was doing when you didn't even, weren't even aware of it, and I bet as you look back in your life, you can go, wow, I didn't even realize God was pursuing me there, and, and moving me over into this situation, and, and then it was just, I jumped in his arms because he did those incredible things. The Holy Spirit was using provenient grace. Then there's also justifying grace. Justifying grace is the is the grace that, that Jesus brings for us to, to come into salvation. The Bible says this for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay? And the word there for for, for fall short, it's an, it's actually an archery term, and it means that you miss the we miss the mark. And sometimes we think we barely miss the mark when we really miss the, the mark. How many of you have ever been to the Grand Canyon? I may have used this illustration before. Uh, if you haven't you know, been there, you've seen it, I'm sure. The, the, it's an average of nine miles across. If you've ever been on that, the edge of it and you're just going, wow, that is really a long ways uh, away. It's, that's 47,000 feet uh, to, the, to get to the other side. Now, I want you to picture for a second that, well, there's the Grand Canyon right there. And I want you to picture that side over here. Okay, over here. This is, this is us and this is God. This is, uh, this is sinful humanity. This is a, a righteous and, and perfect God. Now, we may try to bridge this gap. This is the gap of, uh, of sin between us and, and him. And, and, you know, we may... The average person, in order to jump the Grand Canyon, they may go, you know, whatever. How many, how many feet? Maybe 6, eight ten feet the average person can jump. The other person, maybe they can... Uh, an Olympic athlete, they can go 25, 28 feet, Right? Uh, a person that, you know, a 102-year-old person, they're just, you know, you know, right to the side, right? They're just, they're just straight down there. Don't mean to be mean or anything. Just going to be, you know, just happening there. But, but think of it. They're not going to make it to the other side. Even the greatest Olympic athlete is, is barely going to be a dot going to the other side. And the same thing in uh, in our life. Maybe the average person in our own righteousness, we may be able to go, you know, just a just a, a six feet or eight feet of righteousness. Uh, you got, you know, Hitler. They just go. I mean, they're straight to the bottom, right? And then you've got maybe a Billy Graham or Mother Teresa. And they may have twenty eight feet of righteousness, but they're still forty seven thousand feet short of what God of what God wants. And the Bible says, here's the beautiful thing, he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that's the bad news, but are justified freely by his redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And that word justified, it means if you can picture it, if you can break it down, it means just if I'd never done anything, just if I was was perfectly clean, just if I had never sinned, and that's what Jesus does for us on the cross. The Bible says says this therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you've got prevenient grace with God, what He did, the Holy Spirit did before we even knew that that we needed salvation, Him working towards us for salvation. Then we have the justifying grace of Jesus Christ. And the third thing is is we have sanctification or the sanctifying grace. And that's what we're going to talk about a little more uh, today is, is sanctification. And here's the... Here's the thing with with that. To sanctify means this. It means to set apart, to make holy, or to consecrate, or to purify. Now, many of you have served in the military, and we thank you so much for, for, your, uh, for your support to our country and your, uh, and your, your gift to our country without your willingness. Uh, but I, I've never been in, in boot camp, but I figure this is what happens. The moment you sign up for the military, the moment you get to boot camp, you are a soldier. You are declared to be a soldier. Now, you're probably not a very good wo- good one, you know, at that point. Because you're, you, uh, the chances are, if you immediately face the enemy, you would be blown away because, because because you're not ready for it. You're not prepared for, for, for that. But what the your, the the drill sergeant wants to do is they want to turn you into what you've already been declared. So you've been declared a soldier, they want to make you into the best soldier you can, can be. They want to make you, they want to they want to make it where you're stronger, they want to make it where you, you have more perseverance. They want to make it where you can defend yourself. They want you to know what weapons you have that are available to you and to be able to use those weapons. And they want you to be able to know how to, to work together as a, as a unit to, uh, to, to further the, the cause there, right? And the same way, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, what He wants to do, He wants to make us into what we've always been declared to be. Because if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, invited Him into your life, then you are a Christian. I mean, the, the word Christian means little Christ. That doesn't mean that we're little messiahs running around. It means we are representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ because we have Jesus living inside of us. And so what, now what the Holy Spirit wants to do, we're already Christians. We are never, from the moment we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're never going to be more saved than we are at that moment. But we have a lot of growing to do, don't we? We have a lot of maturity to, uh, to do. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do, first the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen us in our faith. The Holy Spirit also wants to strengthen our perseverance, to make it where the littlest thing doesn't throw us over the over the cliff. He also wants to, to make it where we can defend ourselves when Satan att- comes and attacks us. He also wants to know the, the weapons that we have, the spiritual weapons that are available to us so that we can further the kingdom of God. And he also wants to know that how we work as a unit, so we can, we're, because we're far stronger together than we, are, than we are apart. That's one of the first things that God wants to to do is he wants to sanctify us and make us to, to become what we already have been declared to, uh, to be. The second thing is the Holy Spirit wants to clean us up. And you think about that. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit now comes to live inside of us. Uh, and, and, and He wants to change us up to make us uh, habitable. And so, I, I wrote a book a, a while ago. And this is, we were wondering how to present this. So, we kind of presented it as a, as a bachelor pad that, a, that a, a wife is coming to the house. Of the, the bachelor's been living in for for a long time. And just the mess that was there and, and there to clean it up. And it's, so, I'm just going to read this. It says, as you, as you walk in the driveway... Uh, walk up the driveway of your now former bachelor pad with your new bride, a thought seeps through your testosterone-clowned mind, I probably should have cleaned up. In actuality, you did attempt to straighten up once, but that was during the Reagan administration. As you open the door and carry her across the threshold, you warn, it might be a little messy. Those words constitute the first lie you've ever told your new wife. As she continues her, uh, her new home, as she surveys her new home for the first time, her inhaling gasp of shock is so violent, is violent enough to affect tides in Venezuela. The floor is ankle-deep in pizza boxes left from the Paleolithic era and underwear from the Crustacean period. Under the couch, there is enough dirt to support agriculture, which explains the lush firm nobody remembers bringing in. Her tear-filled eyes move from the floor to the wall. The wallpaper looks as though angry drunken baboons flung it there. This velvet Elvis painting is flipped to such an angle that it almost appears he is singing to the dogs playing poker. She, po- she begins to tiptoe cautiously around the room as though in a minefield. She spies the letter written by the workers at the sewage treatment plant next door complaining about the odor wafting over from your house. Suddenly, she, she leaps backwards as a pizza box scurries towards her. Sparky, so there you are. I thought you were dead. You shout with delight. After a brief moment of hyperventilation, your new wife reaches her trembling hands towards the, uh, towards the door of the refrigerator, or as you call it, the laboratory. Only to witness biological warfare being waged between the Mugugai Pan and the sauerkraut salsa supreme. <laughs> You take a moment to ponder pridefully how three different diseases have been simultaneously created and cured by the growth process of your cheese. As she begins to gag, she foolishly runs towards the bathroom as you chase her, screaming, in the name of all that's sacred, don't go in there. Thankfully, your new bride doesn't give up and she heads back to, and, or head back to mom and dad. Instead, your new bride takes up residence with you as, and the bachelor pad from Hades is transformed into a home suitable for a human habitation through the loving hands of its new tenant. Likewise, when the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our lives, he wants to do something, some house cleaning. And the, just a, a way of just saying, you know, the Holy Spirit, when he comes in, he wants to change us up. He wants to clean us. He also wants to transform us to be more like Jesus Christ. Listen to these words. It says in 2 Corinthians. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, I love this word, there is freedom. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. And we reflect His glory even more. Did you understand that? God wants, the Holy Spirit is gonna come inside us and make us more like God. Make us more like Jesus Christ. Make us more godly. Now, I, there's a story that says, Michelangelo one time was standing before the marble, the incredible piece of marble that, of which he formed David out of. And the person came up and said, how are you going to make David out of this marble? And Michelangelo replied and he said, I'm going to chip away everything that doesn't look like David. And what God does in our life, the Holy Spirit comes in and his goal is, his passion is, is to chip away everything that doesn't look like God that doesn't look like Jesus Christ every attitude every thought every you know every lifestyle every everything that does not that is not conform there anything that 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 hurts our life anything that hurts other people's life anything and not only does he and this is really important not only does he chip away this is even more important he adds he adds love, and joy, and peace, and kindness, and faithfulness, and, and, and mercy, and all these incredible, wonderful things. He's not just in the chipping business, he's in the building up business as, as well. He adds things, he takes things away in order to make us more like Jesus, to make us more loving like Jesus, to make us more joyful like Jesus, to make us more peaceful, to make us also to take away those things that destroy our, our, our life and our relationships. There's, um, and why is sanctification so difficult? Why is it so so hard for us to go through that, uh, that process? Because let's admit it, that process a lot of times isn't enjoyable. When you have things chipped away from you, when you have things sanded and things in your life, in your heart, in your mind, it's, it's not always an enjoyable process. And, it, and, and the, also the, the thing is, is too, is that, um, you know, that... It's, it's just through the hands. When you take the hands of the, of, of the master and put yourself in those hands, then what is just this marble slab can be turned into everything that it was created to to be. But here's the thing. Our flesh doesn't want to serve God. Have you noticed that? I mean, our spirit, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we become new creations, the Bible tells us. But this flesh comes along kicking and screaming in the process, doesn't it? And, and, the, and, and, it, and why does it do that? Because it's been, it's been in control a long time. And it likes to do those things. This flesh likes to do the things that are against God, that are against his, his will. And, and the, it's such opposition because it's been there for so long. Anybody who's gardener, they understand this. They understand the longer the weed is in there, the harder it is to unroot that weed, right? But with enough roundup or enough shovel or enough hoe or enough whatever it is, enough pulling, that weed is, is going to come out. Another thing is too is anybody in the military knows that, that a, uh, an entrenched enemy is far harder to un, to to get out and to defeat than one that is just out in the in the field. But with enough firepower, it will be it, it will you know release. I mean, just ask Nazi Germany, just ask the just ask ISIS in, in Mosul, just ask the Republican Guard in Iraq. They can be entrenched, but with enough firepower, it will leave. And the same way, God gives us enough firepower. The whole Holy Spirit is there to give us enough firepower to live the life we're supposed to live and to defeat the flesh. And we can be victorious over the flesh every day, not because of our grit, not because of our determination, but because God gives us the power to do what we need to do. And the thing, uh, and something too is, is that, um, you know, this, this flesh may have had its way for a long time, but in my life, it was this. That I still, you know, I still struggle with this flesh just like you do and everything. But something happened when I was filled with the Spirit something happened when I the Spirit in my life. Before, I had the grit. I mean, I had the determination. It wasn't a question of determination. It wasn't even a question of effort. What it was, a question of His power. I did not have the power to do what I'd I, I tried to do and what I wanted to do. I didn't have the power there. But suddenly when, when, I, when the Spirit came into my life, suddenly there is enough power to say to say yes to the things I should say yes to and no to the things I should say no to. And I was seeing victory in my life in places I never saw victory before, and places where the Spirit, where the flesh was entrenched, I was seeing suddenly that there was some release in those areas and victory in places where I never saw victory before. Another thing is this, is five things to consider about, about sanctification. First one is this, sanctification requires Desire. I don't know about you, but one show I used to enjoy watching was, was uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. I loved to see what Ty would do and his, the group would do with that, you know, with a, a house that was, let's just say it, it was horrible, right? I mean, those houses were, were run down. They were dangerous. They were, they were way too small or whatever it was for the people that were in there. But, but they wouldn't just go in and do it. They, they needed the, the desire of the people in order to do it. It needed them to go, you know what? We're tired of the way we're living right now. We're tired of the mold. We're tired of the asbestos. We're tired of the junk. We're tired of it being too small. We're tired of it being so so un, so un, you know good for our for our, for what we need. Uh, we want it different. Please, please change it. Change the change our, our our buildings. Change the structure because we don't have don't miss this. We don't have the resources and we don't have the the know how of how to do it. So we're looking to you. In the same way, God waits for our desire to say, God, God, you know what? I my life, I want it different. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be and, and that's the question is, do you want that? Do you want that in your life? Do you want to be more like Jesus Christ? Do you want the bad in your life to get out the stuff that ruins you that hurts you and hurts the other people? Do you want those attitudes and those those, those mindsets and those lies that you 've believed and everything like that the, the lust that has had a hold of you, whatever it is do you want that to, do you want that gone or do you want that to stay in your in your life? Do you want the good things that God has for you or do you not? Because I'm not assuming that you do, because there's, you know, I I said this in the first service, and sorry if this is gross, but I have a friend whose dog prefers to eat its own excrement than to eat the dog food that they have for it. I I have another friend that their dog has preferred over the years to roll in that stuff instead of to to have a bath. And, And the same thing, you know and I know people that are just like that. But we have known people that prefer the junk that Satan has to the, to the great stuff that God has for them. They prefer, they prefer to, to ruin their life in this way than to bless their life in what God has for them. So I'm not assuming that everybody that's hearing my voice right now, they want to change in that way. But if you do, God is willing, just like way more than Ty and them, to change a life to make it better. God wants to do that in your life as, uh, as well. So that's the, that's the first thing. The second thing is it requires our participation. Something we have to realize is this, With, without God, we can't. I mean, we're not going to live the life that God calls us to live. Jesus says this, apart from you, we can, uh, you, apart from me, you can do nothing. And we need to understand that. But also, apart from our willingness, God won't do anything. God won't work in our life the way, he, to the, at least to the level that, we, that he, he wants to, if we're not willing for him to, to do that and desiring and participating for that to happen. Another thing is it requires trust. Um, the head construction worker and all that. There's a there's a reason why it was called. The show was called Extreme Makeover, and not. We're just going to arrange a few things around, rearrange things, because they needed to come in, and it was not suitable for habitation. It was not suitable the way it is, and it needed to be. And it needed to be different. And I remember. And sometimes that means you know just bringing some things in and tearing some things out. But sometimes that meant destroying the whole structure. And I remember one time that, that I was watching that show and they sent the people to Disney World and then they showed a picture of, uh, they were watching the video of their house being demolished. I mean, a wrecking ball come in and just level the thing. And they weren't going like this. They were going... You know, they were, they were horrified at what was happening because, you know what, even though it was asbestos and it was killing them, and even though it was mold and it was killing them and it was all the junk, it was still their junk and familiar junk and familiar asbestos and familiar mold and all that, right? And so sometimes, even though what God wants to do is sometimes he wants to come in and, and rearrange the whole thing, but we're so, we're so caught up in what is familiar to us that, that sometimes it's hard for us to release even though it's destroyed us, even though it's... it's um, Uh, It's hurt us. And God comes in. I remember what... I I believe that God has given me several visions in my my life. I mean, where I see a picture and I see this like it's almost a a movie camera in front of me. And the first one that I ever saw was, was this... It was a picture of a shack and I saw this wrecking ball just come and go poosh and just destroy the shack and it felt like God was giving me the interpretation of what I was seeing there and it was that that he was saying I I can't make the structure, the beautiful structure that I want to make out of your life until I get rid of the structure that you've put in there. And you know when I saw that picture still it was hard because it was still my structure. It was still the you know and but but the thing is I had to realize that in order for God to make me everything I wanted to be, some things had to change in my in my life, and I don't know if for God to, to make you everything he wants you to be. Sometimes he may need to change, it. and I don't mean that's taking rid of getting rid of everything and everything. A lot of times, remember in that in that show, they added all these beautiful things. They put instead of this this you know this wood that was rotten and everything, they brought in this beautiful thing. Instead of this this room that was just gross and so many people living and everything, they widened it and brought in this beautiful stuff and everything. And that's the thing Satan would would want to say that when God comes in, he's wanting to destroy what's you know anything that you like and everything. No, whatever you give up for God, he gives you something so much greater and so much better and everything. And that's what I loved about these people when they saw that, you know, that that video. They didn't go, all right, we're done. We're done, we're, you know, that's, we don't want anything to do with that anymore. They were like, okay, I'm gonna trust this person. I'm gonna trust Ty and human beings that they're gonna make something far better than we could ever dream or imagine, that they're gonna do better than we than it was before. And if they can trust Ty with that, can we not trust God with our life and say, God, here's the keys to, to my house. He's, here's the key to my heart. Here's the key to my life. And do what you need to do. I mean, rearrange, bring in new things, take out the junk that's killing me. Take out the junk that's ruining my relationship with other people. Get rid of it because I trust you. I trust you that you're good. I trust you that you, that you have good things for me. And you're only going to bring, take out the stuff that's going to hurt. And you're only going to bring in the stuff that's going to be good in my in my life. And another thing is too, is there always seems to be that one room, right? And you know what I'm talking about. The room that where we go, where God wants to, the Holy Spirit comes and he starts saying, Hey, what's in that room right there? And we go, nothing, nothing. There's nothing in here. You don't need to come in here. This is, just go, you know, look at all the other doors and everything, everything here. You don't have to go in here. Or there's the, the closet, right? Or there's under the bed. Or there's the, the drawer or whatever it is. It's that one thing that we want to hold on to. It's that thing, that it, it, it may be control, Right? It may be, it may be the, you know, the things that we have believed before, some lies that we believed. It may be, it may be the lust, it may be the, you know, whatever it is in, in there, that we, or finances. That's a huge one, right? The, or us making our own decisions of just calling the shots and everything of us being the Lord and him going, no, 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 either I'm the Lord or I'm not. And it, whatever it is, that room that we're saying, you can have the whole house except for this. And I I want to tell you something. Can we just save a lot of trouble? First of all, he knows what's in the closet. He knows what's behind the door. So we can't, it's it's enough to, to quit pretending it's there. And then the other thing is this, that God wants to deal with it for our sake. And it's enough time, we can save a lot of time and trouble and heartache to just go, God here, just take it because I don't want to wait until the place it smells up the joint and it's destroying the whole house and it's destroying me I just want to give you now as you're asking for it because he will find a way to, to get it sooner or, or later in love because he cares about us and then the, the other thing is sanctification is a lifelong process yeah that happens in a week or two man they, and on the TV show they can change the whole thing doesn't happen in life does it God's sanctify, sanctifying effort in our life is, is this. It takes a lifetime. This side of heaven, there's not a day in your life, there's not a day in my life that he's not gonna be working on us and trying to conform us to more, be more like Jesus Christ to give us the power that we need, to give us what we need and take away what we, what we don't need. Every day of our life, he's gonna be in the sanctification process. And, um, you know, uh, my, um, my dermatologist has been mean to me lately. I mean, not only the things that I just said, but also I've had four other things that had to be removed and taken out and everything like this. And he intentionally, intentionally brought me pain and suffering. And why did he do it? Because one thing of cancer was too much. One thing that did not belong, that was hurting my body, that was destroying my body, every single cell needed to, needed to go. In the same thing in your life and my life. God loves you enough and pursues you enough and chases after you enough that one thing that is not of, of God, He's going to go after. He's going to go after every attitude, every stronghold, every everything that is not of God because He loves you. And even one of those is too much for, for, for our holy God to, to be in or that's hurting you life in any way or keeping you from being the very person that God's created you and made you and designed you and equipped you to, uh, to be. The other thing is sanctification takes us, takes us deeper. Uh, I don't know how many times in my life that I thought God's dealt with a room already. And I was feeling pretty good about that room. I was thinking, man, this room's, this room's pretty good. We, we dealt with this. We dealt with these issues. We dealt with this. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will move a couch and rodents will jump out of everywhere. And I'm going, holy moly. Man, I didn't even know I had that attitude. I didn't even know I had that prejudice. I didn't even know I had that. I didn't even know I was believing that lie. I didn't even know that. And he goes, I did. You weren't ready for it until now, but now now it's time to deal with what's under this furniture. Or sometimes God t- teaches me the same thing, only teaches me at a more graduate level. You know what I mean? If you've been, been, been to college, you understand that there's the, the 101 level, then there's the 201, then there's the 301, and there's those 304 and all those four, whatever it is. And, and thank God the professor doesn't throw you in a 401 I, you know, ex- uh, uh, right off the bat. They start you out over here, but some of the times he'll take you back to this in even a, a, a deeper way. And here's the really cool thing too, is, is you may be a novice over here and after a while you're looking back and you're going, "That's nothing and look at what God has done in my life and I used to not know anything about medicine over here and now I'm a doctor over here and look what look what the professor has done and the same thing God so many times in my life I thought I thought the very first thing that I think the big thing that God dealt with with me in my life was to really trust him when all hell was breaking loose when my mom was dying of cancer when my brother's a cocaine addict when things like this and I'm like to trust him that he's going to make beauty come out of that that was the big thing that was and I thought I remember a few years ago thinking I will never not trust God again after he's got me through that. And and you know what? It just seems like God keeps taking me from one level to another, to another, to another, and and still teaching me the kindergarten at a graduate level course, to, tra- to trust Him. And I know He'll probably do the same to you, that He wants to keep taking you from glory to glory to glory, from belief to greater belief to greater belief to greater belief, from being used of God to being used even more, even more, even more. God's never a God that stays the same. He always wants to take you deeper. That's one of our words this week, this year. And one of the things that He does that, a big way He does that is through the, 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 the Spirit working in our life. And another is this the result is worth the process you know i've never seen the show american the extreme makeover where the person looked and said I don't like it you know I don't want to go back to the asbestos I want to go back to the junk I want to go back to the small teeny thing every one of them there was tears in their eyes they were slapping high fives they were hugging everybody because they realized that what would what, what happen even though they had to watch their house sometimes be changed and be destroyed and everything and other things be brought in that, that it was so much more beautiful at the end and I don't know about you but I can look back in my life and probably like you as I can look back and go thank you God Thank you that you've loved me enough that I'm not the man I, I want to be. And I'm not the man I'm going to be. But thank you, God, I'm not the man I used to be. That there's things that you have chipped off of me. Attitudes and and, and, and beliefs and and things and prejudices and anything that that I never, that, that he's chipped off of that. And things that were strongholds in my life are, are gone. I, again, I still deal with that just like you do. But I'm not who I used to be. And I thank God that we can look back and we can go, God, thank you for pursuing me, for never stop pursuing me. Thank you, God, for never leaving me. Thank you, God, for never giving up. And even though I was so stubborn and I kept being in front of that, that dadgum closet that was ruining my life, thank you for giving and keep pressing and keep pressing and pressing because you love me enough to, to never stop pursuing me. If we can bow our head and close our eyes, God, we just thank you that you love us enough to even level the shack if it needs to be leveled. Thank you enough that you are so kind and so good that you bring so many good things that we never thought were possible in our life. Things that this world chased after. I mean, love, what the world wouldn't do for love or peace or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness, or gentleness, self-control. God, that you bring those into our house. God, thank you for re- relentlessly going after every cancer in our mind, in our heart, in our attitude, in our motives. God, thank you for loving us enough to point out even the stuff under the couches and the dirt and the mold and everything that keeps us from God's best. Thank you for taking us deeper and you don't leave us where we are. And God, sometimes it's been tough. We'll just admit that. Sometimes it's been tough to have things chipped off. Sometimes it's been tough to see a wrecking ball come in. But thank you that you never leave us or forsake us and you never jip your people. You never jip your people. Somebody needs to hear that right now. You never jip your people. That what we lay down, that you always give us better. That we lay down the fake and you give us the real. You give us, we lay down the, the fake jewels and you give us the real pearls, Lord God. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen maybe there's, um, there's going to be some people up here that they want to pray for you. And I ask this too. Maybe you're here listening. Maybe you're in here today and you've never understood the justifying grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That maybe you're at this point, you're going, you know what? I know that God's pursuing me. I know God has been working in my life. And and there's something, here's something that's really wild. A lot of times I hear this time after time after time. Do people say, I'm not even a believer. I don't even believe in God. Or "I'm, I'm not a Christian yet. But there's something that keeps compelling me to come back here. I know, I know who it is. It's the Holy Spirit is wooing you. And He's down on His knee and He's saying, just jump in my arms. Jump in my arms and watch what I can do. And it's as easy as this. If we could just bow our head and just say, God, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I want you, Lord God, forgive me my sins. Forgive me the way I've ran away from you. Forgive me how I haven't believed in you. And right now, I jump into your arms, Lord God. If you sincerely pray that in your heart right now, God's because um, God says, if we confess through their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So God, thank you for even all those people right now who are hearing my voice right now who are doing your justifying grace. God, thank you for your sanctification. In Jesus' name.